What do you think when I say hormones? You probably think about the symptoms of PMS like mood swings and bloating, and you probably think of estrogen. But hormones are so much more. These complex chemical reactions inside our body not only bring on changes like puberty or menopause, but also play a crucial role in helping us sleep, regulating our moods, and just, like, keeping us alive. That's right, hormones aren't just sex hormones like estrogen or testosterone. Hormones are involved in every body process necessary for life. So reducing menopause down to an estrogen issue ignores all the other pieces of the puzzle, all of the other hormones that play a role in the process of aging, and doesn't do anything to help you understand what's going on inside your body. Let's get educated about hormones with Moira Gorski as our guide. She loves educating women about their bodies and helping them make changes to feel better and get the life they want. It's worth noting that we're not doctors, we're not in charge of your medical decisions, any advice is for education and entertainment only, and you should consider it only after researching your own unique health needs. Welcome, Moira. I'm so glad to have you here. Please tell us a little bit more about yourself and what you do. Thank you, Amy, for having me here. It's great to be on uh, your podcast. Have a conversation. So I'm Moira Gorski. Um, I'm re a retired nurse and spent a good part of my career before marriage and before children um, in medical sales. And then as I got married and started having kids, uh, I was introduced to the idea of wellness and how we can build our health. And um, I had a pretty sick kid all the time. And so learned from that. Um, and so now what I do is really just... Uh, work to help people look and feel their best, regardless of what age they are, uh, providing um, I did, do have a practical nutrition advisor certification. So I'm all about healthy habits, things that we can do every day so that we can look and feel our best so that we can show up and live our life full of joy. I love that you've taken your personal background and like you've, you've just continued to build on what you do and really made like a custom career for yourself. Tell us a little bit more about how you approach working with perimenopausal women, menopausal women, women who are going through a little bit of a transitional uh, phase in their life. Like you said, I do like to take my life and what I've learned and share that with others, but I'll be 60 years old next week. Happy birthday. <laughs> Thank you. And really what I do when I work with women is I think back to my nursing days and you know, when I was in nursing and we had somebody come into the hospital, whatever the diagnosis was, there was a care plan. And so I try to talk about that with women. And I often ask the question, hey, if you could change one thing about your health, what would it be? And then I developed this care plan based on what I know. And I'm a brand representative for a wellness company. So I do recommend supplementation as well as tweaks and changes to the things that you use in your house. Use, I always say, what you put on yourself, in yourself, and around yourself. So I make recommendations around that and develop this care plan for the woman. And then, and they have a couple of options that they can start with. And then as they get started with things, then I stay, then I'm their biggest cheerleader along the way. So it's not like, hey, here you go, here's your care plan, and I hope it works for you. Um, I help them get started with that, order products, make some tweaks, share information. And then I'm with them along the journey with um, regular follow-ups. And I welcome them into my community so that I can help them, but they can also be connected with other women that are perhaps going through similar things, have gone through things, and then they can share. I believe that community piece um, and accountability piece is really important. Yeah. And just not feeling alone. I think when you are going through... Mm -hmm something with your health or all of a sudden like your body isn't working the way that you're used to it working, you feel isolated. So I think mm -hmm. that is such a huge thing to offer. Also, just to be listened to. Like if mm -hmm. well, we think we've all had the experience of going to the doctor, telling them what's wrong or like, I don't know exactly what's wrong, but I know that something is wrong and them just dismissing us outright. And mm -hmm. either, you know, either like, you're fine or ignoring us completely and just like moving on to something else or like telling us what our concerns are or like, you know, we're going to put you on this medication because this is the problem. And you're like, OK, but that's not really the problem that I came to you about is that is so huge. Well, I think that I want people to know, like doctors aren't they're educated on a lot of things, but nutrition wise, they're not. They are, they are not. educated by the pharmaceuticals. Some women will say, well, 
my doctor didn't say I should take vitamin D. I'm like, well, did he test for it? Does he know? Again, they're not going to recommend things that they don't know enough about because they're liable if something happens, right? Right. And so I want women to know that your doctor may dismiss you because they just don't know. And they don't want to look like perhaps stupid. Oh, I don't know about that. But because they want to keep you as their patient and get you out the door and then come back in. And I mean, they're just not educated on that. I just learned this recently as I was listening to a podcast that um, when they've done studies for hormones and things like that, I mean, up until the 80s, apparently women weren't allowed to be in studies because they had changes in hormones, changes in moods, things, they might be on their cycle and that would throw the, right? The I was like, what? Yeah. And I'm like, wait a minute. So in regards to hormones and hormone therapy or different things like that, like they would apparently, okay, this is what was tested. And so this was what's recommended. Perhaps they developed a medication from that. And this was for males. So they just gave women a little bit less because they're a little smaller than the males. I'm like, what? Come on. Are you kidding me? I, yes, I, it never ceases to amaze me just that, like, the way the medical establishment declines to, like, take any kind of responsibility or, like, her- expand their horizons a little bit. Like, oh, well, women are complicated, so we're not going to study women because it's it's too complicated and it'll throw all re- our results off. Instead of finding a way to to test drugs for women on women, uh, even drugs that aren't specifically for women, but just testing how, like, so we know the side effects for women because we do have, there are differences. They're not, mm-hmm. they don't make us unequal. There are just differences in the way. Different. They're just different. And to know any of these long-term effects of a medication, like that they're just like, mm, I I don't know. We'll just, it seems safe. So we'll just know. give them a little bit less. It's, or here, here's just some little anti-anxiety medication you can just go calm down and oh, which I mean, that's, come on there's a whole history of a whole women history. yes yes women being silenced and being you know institutionalized dismissed right mm-hmm. yes dismissed or worse institutionalized just because they're being in quote-unquote inconvenient i shared something on one of my groups about dorothea Dix. i thought it was fascinating when you said mental health and dismissed and stuff like that I mean, she was born in the 18, 1802, but her, one of her quotes was, in a world where there is so much to be done, I feel, felt strongly impressed that there must be something for me to do. She was a teacher, and she uh, opened up schools for girls and that could pay and that couldn't pay, and she was asked to teach Sunday school to some women that were in jail, and she started to see some inhumane treatment of women of the mentally sick because of what she saw, she was horrified for 20 years. She would travel around. She would write. She went to the governments and said, you have to do something about this. This is inhumane treatment. And because of this, the government changed things for the treatment of the mental health civil war came on. And so she had to kind of pause her work, but then she became this volunteer for um, the union army. And even though she didn't have any training, She was there to kind of organize the nurses and to be a part of that and help and things like that. And she continued uh, to fight for the rights of the mental health patients across the world until her death in 1887. That's a big reason why I do what I do, because I've learned along the way. I always say, hey, listen, I'm not like the expert that knows everything, but in life, maybe I'm a little bit farther along with some things about self-care and about taking care of ourselves and putting our oxygen mask. I'm just a little farther ahead of you. And I've learned because of all the shit that I've gone through in life. And so we should, I want to share that with you because I was thankful when people shared that, these things with me so that I could learn, so that I could get through life perhaps a little little easier. Yes. And that's exactly why we're here. And that's exactly why I asked you here because you do know a little bit more about hormones than I do. A lot more probably about it. Let's get into it. So estrogen is probably the hormone that we think of when we think of hormonal swings for women. Is that is that a fair way to think about? Like estrogen is the dominant force causing all of the problems during perimenopause. Yeah, not necessarily. I mean, there's got, we have lots of different hormones, but people do talk about estrogen because it is it does 
play a pretty critical role in regulating a lot of a lot of our processes. I mean, it helps with reproduction. It's necessary for that fertilized egg. It helps with our menstrual cycle. You know, when we start to go through puberty and things start to develop in us, it's because of estrogen. And some people have explained like estrogen versus progesterone. Like if you think about their sisters, like estrogen is the really super excited, like, woo, like the energetic, like outgoing sister. And so she makes herself known and she's popular and she's involved in a lot of things and she takes lots of risks and things like that. Estrogen is responsible for our bone health. And as we go through menopause and produce less of that, we have to pay attention to our bone health. Hormones aren't just estrogen and, you know, progesterone. Insulin is a hormone. Cortisol is a hormone. It's not just based on our sex hormones or reproduction. Estrogen is an important one. So it's okay that we pay attention to her. There are other voices in the student body of your body that are just as important and need some attention as well. And Mm -hmm. you should learn about as part of your own hormone journey. You should have some awareness of how they work in your body and Mm -hmm. what what effects they have when the levels Mm -hmm. aren't where they should be. Yeah. So tell us about some of these less popular girls. And I think on this theme, let's also give them like high school characteristics, you know, like the goth girl or like the horse girl or, you know, something like that. Um, Let's give them a personality. Again, progesterone and estrogen work really closely in conjunction with each other, you know, to regulate our menstrual cycles. Progesterone is that pregnancy hormone, but it's the calm, level-headed, I don't know, maybe that's the bookworm kind of type (laughs) in school. I don't know, but just very calm, very, again, doesn't take risks. Progesterone is like the valedictorian. Perhaps, yes. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, don't fly off the handle. Don't, you know, make sure you get home for curfew, those kind of (laughs) things. Um, That calm piece is really important because when we do go through changes and our hormones change, oftentimes I counsel women that are going through menopause and are like, I'm so anxious. Like my anxiety, I never had anxiety before. I feel like I have more anxiety these days. But as we start to go through changes and go to perimenopause, our hormones decrease. So think about it, that progesterone that keeps us calm, there's less of that. As things fluctuate, we can get more anxious because we have less of that level-headed sister playing a role in in stuff. But also we have less of that happy-go-lucky, let's take a risk, let's go do fun stuff. We have less of that. So then we feel like, oh, I don't think I really want to do that. I don't want to go out tonight. You know, we just slow down. So progesterone, again, it's very important, but it tends to be that quiet one. But there's also testosterone. We think about testosterone just for males, right? Right. But in um, in females, it's responsible in helping us with our bone density, our muscle mass, sex drive. If we don't have enough of that testosterone, our moods can be, you know, a little bit wonky. Our energy levels can be wonky. And those changes and those fluctuations can really last a long time. Yeah. Because really until yeah. you're, they say, if you're, without a menstrual cycle for a year, then you're officially in menopause. Somebody explained kind of during perimenopause, I'm just a very visual person. I love this. So I really remembered it. Like if you take a toothpaste tube, right. And as it's getting, getting more empty and stuff, and you got to roll it up that sometimes you get the big blob that comes out, right. Or sometimes you get a big blob. Sometimes you just get a little bit. And think about that with perimenopause. I remember when I was going through menopause or perimenopause, whatever you want to call it, we traveled to Paris. My husband took me to to Paris for my 50th birthday and our 20th wedding anniversary. And oh, isn't that great? And it's going to be this great trip. And like the second day I'm in Paris, I get my period. I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm so sitting in menopause. You know, but it's just like things happen. Like there's the toothpaste tube going, whoops, I'm sorry, you're not finished yet. So we're going to give you another cycle. And that's what tends to happen. You're going along for a few months with nothing. And then boom, I'm like, why am I not feeling so good? I'm like, oh, geez, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I do want to circle back around to testosterone a little bit too, because I mean, you mentioned muscle mass. Mm-hmm. And you know, once those dips in the testosterone that we have, um, you're going to lose a little bit of muscle mass. Let's talk a little bit about like that aspect of aging alone has some serious repercussions for your health in the present. Yeah. and in the future, I guess for for me, the first thing that comes up as a Caucasian lady with a history of osteoporosis in the family is osteoporosis. I know that that muscle mm-hmm. mass can help you 
keep your bones moving and keep them healthy. Um, are there any other things that the that lack of testosterone and the resulting decrease of muscle mass can can set up for you as, as far as future health problems? Well, just the fact that again, less testosterone, we have less energy and we seem more fatigued and um, might be a little more moody. I think <clears throat> what's really important is that you need to shift the way that you work out and move and stuff like that because of these things. Because I was this cardio queen and loved the step classes and I was a marathon runner for several years and I was lean and like I could go out and run 10 miles and I, you know, ate whatever I wanted and I, but man, you get older and you can't. And it's like, what? Wait, I have to eat less. It's like, no, you really don't. You, we do need to pay attention to what we're eating, but we need to shift what we're doing because of this change in hormones. Like we can get, you know, the flabby, the flabby arms and stuff like that. And it's like, wait a minute, I didn't really change anything, but this seems to be coming up or I have a little bit more around the middle or I'm osteopenic, which is like a precursor to us. And it's because of, again, these hormone shifts, but yeah, we need to pay attention to then what we do. We need to do more or just start doing strength training and weight lifting and things like that. Try to, again, shift away from those things that stress our body out for one, and the cortisol levels then go up, but just look at doing more things that is going to help to improve our muscle mass, improve our bone density. So yes, that can be supplementation and, and protein and things like that, but also the weight lifting. And that's what I've done recently. I've shifted into one of my girlfriends who's a personal trainer and she's like, you got to start to learn. I was like, it's this big room at the health club and it's so scary. And there's these big buffed guys in there and I don't know what to do. And yeah. so I'm just not going to do it. I'm going to go to a yoga class or I'm going to go to a spin class. But she so thankfully took me there and said, no, here, we're going to develop a program, but we need to shift what we're doing. We can say, yes, oh my gosh, I don't want to move as much. I have less energy. I don't feel so good. Well, then get into the weight room and learn how to lift weights. And it's helping me build my muscle mass. And I have a history of an eating disorder. I have a daughter that's been on a journey. And, um, and so I'm all about like, no, not talking about diets and weights and stuff like that, but we should be working out and getting stronger so that we can build our muscle mass. Because as we get older, sometimes we lose our balance and things happen. And so then we're going to fall. And if we have better bone strength, if we have better muscular strength, we can maybe prevent that fall. We're not going to break our hip because God forbid, right. that's what happens a lot of times as we get older and the women and they're shuffling along and they're not lifting their feet up and they shuffle and they fall and they break their hip and then that's it. Right. I've heard that it's such a catastrophic injury to to have happened. It can lead to your very like rapid decline of health and lead to premature death. There are things that we can do today and we should be doing today. We got, you know, be if you're in your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, doing things today. And yes, Sometimes at nauseam, you're like, I don't think this has any impact, but guess what? It's going to have an impact to how you age and how you stay strong. And I'm in the midst of helping my father move into assisted living and albeit he's doing okay, but he's almost 91 and he needs a little bit of, he needs a little bit of supervision. He needs somebody there. Like if he can't read something or if he fell, he fell a few weeks ago in his apartment. And he's, he goes, I wasn't strong enough to get myself up. And I mean, I felt for him, Yeah. but he no, said awful. to us, he goes, he goes, but I need more help. And so again, he is 90 and we're not going to live forever, but now he's working in physical therapy and he goes, I kind of like these bikes that they're on and all this stuff. I'm like, we should have been doing this long ago, dad. Right. Yeah. You know? Because we all, none of us want to be the woman who's shuffling along and it's painful to walk and, you know, we don't want to go outside or we're afraid to go outside. We all want to, like, be able to continue living the kind of life where we're mobile and we can move around and we can get ourselves up off the ground if we should happen to fall. We, mm -hmm. Yes, we all need help and we should have, you know, some sort of community around us. We don't need to be completely independent like that right. but yes you right. need to be able That's to the point right right yeah the point is to be able to just like live a life where you're not constantly worried about falling down and you're not constantly worried about what happens if i go outside and i like can't get back to my apartment or whatever like you just want to you want to you want that longevity you want right to be right. as healthy 
as possible for as long as possible. I often talk in my business and with my clients about health span and lifespan. For our lifespan is how long we live, right? And we die and our lifespan, of course, is over. But there's the health span of how long we live at a healthy state. And many times these days, that health span, that lifespan is, it's a pretty big gap. Yeah. And statistics show that we spend a tremendous amount of money during that gap time to keep ourselves alive. You know, we're healthy until we're not. And then we're so unhealthy and we have to spend so much money to manage this chronic disease or things like that. And so if I can help people, because I know I can, if we do these things today, and build up our health, we can close that gap of our health span and our lifespan. Well, and it's not just about staying alive as long as possible. It's about what does that life look like? Exactly. Can we be vibrant? Can we live, you know, vibrant lives and energetic lives? And like you said, be part of a community and go and be active in that. It's hard to play catch up once you get there. Just like yeah. what I'm seeing with my dad. If he'd started... 10 years ago, even, it would have been that yeah. much more easy for him to maintain that strength and to maintain that muscle mass. Yeah, exactly. So I think we yeah. can call testosterone the jock. Yeah. Testosterone I think is so. the jock. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. 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 So what other hormones, what are like the not so popular kid hormones that affect aging, um, but we don't really talk about or think about in conjunction with perimenopause or the aging process? Yeah. Well, you know, insulin is one that some people are like, really, that's a hormone, but insulin is a hormone. It's produced by the pancreas. Insulin like goes to our cells and knocks on the door and says, Hey, would you open it up? Cause I've got some glucose for you. But as we age, when insulin goes and knocks on the door of the cell, the cell is just not answering, you know, and it's like, no, no, no. So that it produces more insulin and produces more insulin. And so it's just this, I don't know, maybe that's the annoying, <laughs> what's that, um, what's, what's that show? Um, any, any, what's the show that's, that's funny show that's on oh, with the, uh, Big Bang Theory? The nerds and Big Bang Theory. I just thought about that. Penny, Penny, Penny. <laughs> I love that show. Anyway, but but again, when you develop more, when your insulin's imbalanced and things like that, it can lead to diabetes. Um, insulin's responsible for metabolism and again, energy in our body too. So sometimes people don't think about insulin as a hormone, but it's definitely an important one yeah. and um, one that we need to pay attention because again, if there's too much fluctuation, if it again, it can get imbalanced and then again, the cells aren't opening the doors properly so that it can get the glucose it needs. And it can just lead to, again, imbalances lead to prediabetes, diabetes, and things like that, which definitely I want people to hear. Yeah. I don't think we don't think of insulin until we're sick. We don't think of it outside the context of diabetes. When it's functioning properly, we just don't think about it. It's just like this old right. reliable thing that we're like, oh, it's just getting energy to my cells and I don't have to think about it because everything's working properly. Yeah. But, but sometimes not, if there's too much, when it's not, it's not good. And sometimes we can get like brain fog and things like that when our insulin is off. Again, we can feel, I mean, it's really, it can get very dangerous. Again, if there's too much insulin, not enough insulin, depending on what we eat. I mean, it can be really, really dangerous if those are out of, you know, out of whack for yeah. sure. The insulin's up. Have you seen any particular side effects or have you heard any particular stories about the effects of insulin on um, perimenopause or menopause directly? Not that I have a, perhaps a specific story, except that I have a girlfriend that I am, I've been counseling and for a while. And she called me recently and said, I just have to tell you, like what you have been doing has really been helping me. And I know I'm really slow, like a turtle, like making the improvements. But she said, I'd recently lost some weight. And she said, thank you for sticking with me because I've known her for a long time and I've been offering solutions and things for a long time. But she was finally starting to see that connection between, okay, I'm eating better. And so I'm losing some weight. I, and she said, I feel better because she has this chronic knee issue, but she was so excited. And I, heard, I could hear it in her voice like this. I'm like, she was excited to be like, feel like she was getting someplace in her health improvement. Yeah. And that's pretty exciting because again, we do, if I don't, I'm a nurse, I understand the importance of medication and being under the care of a doctor. There are so many things that we can do 
And again, as our hormones are shifting, we feel less like this and we, oh, you know, things are changing. We don't feel like ourselves again. Right. And again, it's just important to pay attention to all of those things and how they perhaps are related and, and make those. That's why I always say just small little changes, small little things, because the small things add up. It sounds like once she was able to listen to, like to really tune into like what was going on with her body, put the pieces together, she then was able mm -hmm. to like really get behind your plan, your like more holistic plan mm -hmm. for her. I also believe that our, I'm not defined by the number on a scale. I don't think anybody is or should no. be. And I'm at a healthy weight. I am on no medications. And so when I go to the doctor and the nurse says, oh, hop on the scale, I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to get, I, you don't need to weigh me today. Yes. And um, this is one of my like favorite recent developments. And in, in oh. like, if it's not, if you're not going in, if like they don't need your weight for like a specific medication or something, they like, they don't, they don't need to know. No. And before when I would hop on the scale, it played all kinds of games and people would say, oh, well, aren't you past that? I'm like, yes, I'm past that. But guess what? I don't want to know. I really don't want to know. I don't care. And again, it doesn't impact. I'm at a healthy weight. I'm at a, you know, right. I'm strong, all that. You feel good in but your body. Last I feel good. So yeah. I'm good. And I go to this doctor who she is a DO, a doctor osteopath. So she's a little bit more naturally minded, but she is a medical doctor. So I can get my mammogram ordered and my blood work and things like that. But this last time I saw her last year or the year before, whenever it was, when I was in the room with her, she said, okay, well, let's get a weight on you. I'm like, why do you need a weight on me? Yeah. Well, and then I'm like, listen, I'm not on medi any medication. You're not recommending any. I'm not like, no, no, no. So I say that because I want women to know that if that's a trigger for you or something, know that you can say no to something like that. You can, again, I don't always recommend to say no to medications, but look into things, do your research it's as simple as a weight. If you don't, if you want them to know it, but you don't want to know it, then say, guess what? I want to do a blind weight. So I'm going to close my eyes. I often did that when I was forced to get up. On, I felt like I was forced to get up on the scale, yeah. but I would just close my eyes. I'm like, I don't want to know. So I'm just going to close my eyes, but if you need it, but now I'm like, you don't need it. You don't need it. You don't need it for anything. So I think you can like remove the bias from the healthcare practitioner too. If they just don't know your weight, they sometimes do come in with like preconceived notions of your health based on sure. that number on the scale, which that can have literally that's nothing right. to do with it. Yes, the weight can contribute to certain problems, but that's like usually when you're going to a doctor, losing 10 pounds like in the future isn't going to help you with that current problem that you're trying to solve that day in the room. You. Mm -hmm. Sure, like maybe you could stand to lose a few pounds or whatever, but like if I'm coming to you for like a, my my hand is broken, you don't need to know how much I weigh if my hand is broken. No, you absolutely don't. Right, like yeah. you need to fix my well, hand. That's what you need to. Yeah, do. exactly. Or you have a skin condition. It's like okay, well, what does my weight have to do with that? Perhaps right. you could talk to me about what I'm eating or ingesting or maybe what I'm using for my fabric softener that's causing this skin thing. Maybe you should think, think about that. Or like sometimes the deficiency of like a too much, you know, not enough omega-3 can cause, you know, dry skin or, or again, that's another thing that, that can change as you go, start to go through the change. You can be more itchy and dry, you know, you can have vaginal dryness, you can have dry skin. Those are signs that our hormones are shifting. You know, I find that I need more moisture on my face as I get older because my skin is more drier because I don't have as many as much estrogen and things like that. But those are things that I can right. control. And, and because you're like listening to your body and you have this understanding of how the hormones work and you know what they do, what deficiencies in them does to your body, you can sort of compensate that way. I did want to give a label to insulin. She sounds like the student council president. Like she's always campaigning. She's like knocking on the door and campaigning, making sure that That's everyone, one. everyone like has that. that they need. Hi, do you have enough glucose? Here, here, I'll, I'll get that to you. Just want to make like my that. constituents happy. Like that. <laughs> That's good. I like that. Yep. I like that a lot. That's a good, that's a good one. <laughs> All right. Yes. Continuing our tour of hormones. Are there any other unsung hormones? That are contributing to perimenopause, menopause, aging in general. And we should mention cortisol. I mean, cortisol mm -hmm. is that 
hormone that is released by the adrenal glands that, you know, if there's too much of it, again, it can lead to lead an extra belly fat and um, other things. But when we're under stress, our adrenals produce lots of cortisol when we're under stress. But even so, like when we were talking about exercise, it's a big reason why we need to shift our working out too, because too much like running and all that really intense working out can produce a lot of cortisol. And so that's kind of like not good for us in the end, because we don't need extra cortisol. All it can cause us to not sleep well, to be more anxious. And so we want to pay attention to, yes, the way we're living our life and the uh, things that we're involved in, but also we're working out because if we're caught, sometimes we don't need that. Right. All you that, don't, yeah. You don't need all to go all of, in all the time. You don't need to be doing like three or four hours of cardio all the time. Yeah. Once you get time. into, I think some people can, it seems like these older women, sometimes they are, but it's like, it's really not for the vast majority. It's important to change it for those other reasons, uh, bone density and our blood sugar control and stuff like that and mu muscle mass, but also for the cortisol levels. Because yeah. I noticed that myself when I was, again, an, an, an awful lot of stress in the household and when our daughter was going through these life-threatening disorders, it's a lot of stress. And I was like, oh, things are good. And I'm like, it, it isn't because there's just a lot of stress. And so, so much, so much cortisol being released. And there's a cycle of that too, of usually cortisol is the highest in the morning. And then it's lower in the evening as we settle down and go to bed. But again, if you're under all of the stress, the cortisol levels are all out of, the, out of whack. Yeah. And Can some of the symptoms of menopause, like the hot flashes leading to like poor sleep, can that also raise cortisol levels? Anything that's yeah causing that stress in our body can, and actually the fact, and it's kind of like the chicken and the egg, like what came first, but the fact sleep is so important. And I keep hearing that and reading that when we, when you hear about hormones is sleep is so important. It's a time that we rest and our body rests and repairs and things like that. And getting an awful, you know, a good amount of sleep during perimenopause and menopause is so important and not having that can cause stress to your system. But then sometimes you wake up because you're anxious because again, there's less, what was that progesterone, the calm one, you know? So yeah. it's kind of like this whole, like, again, it's all inner, it's all intertwined. Remember that highway of all of the different cars and cortisol again, can be a nasty one. And sometimes we don't, we don't think about because again, sometimes women, as they get more anxious in life, and maybe they're, again, they're thinking about retirement or working professional or they lose their job or things like that. They're stressed and they're anxious. And so they go to the doctor and the doctor gives them some medication for anxiety. Okay. But are you looking at these other things that are causing the anxiety? Are you looking at perhaps it could be that again, your hormones are shifting or you need to figure out how to have a morning routine where you calm yourself down in the morning, those kind of things. So sometimes again, we're going at it the wrong way. And I learned that a lot myself when I was going through this very stressful period of my life. And all of a sudden my menopause symptoms came back and I was like, what I thought. And so I really, I, I counseled with a nutritionist that's on my team and in our company and stuff like that. And she said, yeah, you have to pay attention to the cortisol levels as well as yes, you're shifting hormones, but I also needed to get real, a little bit better at what I was eating and what I wasn't eating. And if I was having that extra glass of wine or, you know, it was kind of all related, but so much stride, so much cortisol. And it was, again, it was causing a lot of imbalance with in a lot of the other hormones that were going on too. Yeah. And thus I had these other symptoms. Cortisol. She's a sneaky one. I mean, I think that's one She's that one. Like, we've just been learning, you know, especially after a global pandemic and we're all like just hyper stressed out all the time now that like our, our levels can like are all probably high throughout our life just as part of modern life. But when you get to perimenopause, it's so important for to to be more balanced or to learn how to to control them a little bit more. So for that future longevity time, you're not meant to just be like constantly stressed out from like age 10 to 90. Your body's just no. not meant to, to function that way.
No, not to be at that high level. There needs to be a balance and a fluctuation in so many things in our life. As we like are in a house for a long time and we, you know, gather all these things, we put things in the attic and there's clutter and stuff like that in the garage is all, you know, same thing happens with our cells. There's like these age related proteins that get all clogged up in our cells. And so just like there's ways to clean that out again uh, with lifestyle, but also some specific nutrients and things like that. Same thing. We can go and clean out the closet or clean out the garage so that, <laughs> you know, there's better flow and stuff like that. And we can feel better and, and uh, live better in our house. The same thing with, again, our, there are things that we can do. I just try to keep things simple for people because there's so much to learn. There's so many, but it's like, sometimes that's why I like to have those visuals of like, and I just love what you're doing with, okay, think about it of the high school girls. What are, right. who are they? And let's put them in those characters. It's a great for great way for us to remember that yeah. and take it to heart. Yeah. No, we need like that story to accompany this because there are because our body is so complex and there are so many, you know, systems and processes and hormone and cell types and things that like, yes, it's it's hard. It's hard for someone who doesn't have a background in biology to keep all of that straight. Yeah. But it's well and knowing that know. if you and I it's important to know. And if you and I are the same age and we might be the same race and all of that, we still have different needs. We have different goals. We have different ways that, you know, again, we have different things that happened in the past that are impacting right. us today. It's, yeah, it's, I love it. It's fascinating, but again, it can be complicated and it can be frustrating. And that's what, like when we first talked about this in the beginning, like when you, there are things that happen and you're not crazy when you start to feel different as you, as you get older and as you go through these different phases, you're not crazy. There are things that are shifting inside of you that cause you to feel different and right. act different. And, stuff like and that. right. And not, they're not necessarily set in stone and they're not necessarily permanent changes. They are things that like you have some level of control over. You can make yourself more comfortable. You can make yourself, you know, less anxious. You can just like feel better in your body. You can feel better in your mind. You can feel more centered, you can feel more in control. I want to bestow cortisol with the teacher's pet title. Like she's just always mm-hmm. worried. She's like, Miss Johnson, you haven't erased the blackboard properly. Yeah, that's she's, good. I like that too. Yeah. 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 Well, like she's a little tightly wound. Yes. Yes. That's good. Yeah. I like that. We don't know what tomorrow, you know, we can't control other people. But just like you said, we can control. There are things that we can take control of things that we can do each and every day so that to have a have a positive impact i mean right. negative impact but a positive impact it's, on our lives it's not really like it's not really anti-aging it's just aging well and and mm-hmm. making it right. like not a, a jarring transition going from your your 30s to your 40s and your 50s and beyond like you're never going to be 20 again. You're never going to be 30 again. Right. And that's a great thing, actually. It's actually a really mm-hmm. good thing. I don't know that you could pay me money to go back in time and be younger, but you can make it like a not miserable experience. You cannot fall into all of those tropes like, well, I'm 40 and my back hurts all the time. I just, and that's just, just the way it's going to be, like, right? Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to like lean into, you can, you can, yeah. You could, yes, I feel different now than I used to, but. It's like I feel good or comfortable or like ex- like you can have a level of acceptance over it. I am with you on all of that. It's like there are there's no magic elixir, right? No. But there are things that again we can do, things that we can, and it's important as we get more educated on those shifts and the changes. There are things then that we can do to, like you said, gracefully. I don't know, use whatever word you want to use, age gracefully or age well or just live. Like when you get up in the morning, you're like, yeah, I feel good today and I'm going to go live because I feel like the better health we have, the more choices we have in our life. I like just live. And I also think that, yeah, there are going to be some days that you don't feel good. You don't feel in control. And I think that was um, part of what you do that was that really appealed to me is that like you're not leaving people out. In the, you know, you're not just like, here's a, a prescription for some Xanax. Now just like, go calm down over there. Or you're right. continuing to communicate with people and you are supporting them and you are 
problem solving with them. Because yes, like the first mm-hmm. thing you try might not be the thing that works for you. You might have to try a lot of things before you find something that works. And then you might find something that works. And then all of a sudden it just doesn't really work for you anymore. Right. Like it's important to that continue to be curious and continue to learn about yourself so that you mm-hmm. you do like that fire in you to be like, okay, well, this this diet doesn't seem to be working for me anymore. So I'm going to I'm going to experiment and I'm going to find another solution. Like I'm not going to, I'm not taking no for an answer. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, and I feel like there's sometimes with the whole diet thing, that's what drives me crazy is that somebody will have success with keto and they're like, Oh my gosh, everybody should do keto or everybody should be a vegan because you know, you know, those animals I'm like, Oh, I'm like, okay. Like, and it's again, do whatever you want to do or find things that work for you. But yeah. just because keto works for you or being a vegetarian works for me or whatever, you know, uh, low carb, high carb, just because doesn't mean that it's going to work for me or it's the best thing for right. me. Right. Um, you know, we are all different beings, but just having that awareness piece of, like you said, how do I feel today? What do I feel like? And I encourage people as I went on my journey of, taking care of myself and putting myself first, that idea of having some quiet time to sit, you know, if it's before you prepare a meal or before you start your day, sitting down and giving yourself pause to say, how am I feeling today? And what do I want today? Or what do I need today? Or who do I, who do I want to serve today? Like just asking those questions, but giving yourself enough quiet time to listen then Um, Because again, our bodies are such beautiful, intuitive beings. And if we quiet down enough and ask those questions, we can hear things that can serve us, be it in health or in life or everything in between. But it's giving ourselves that pause to really listen to ourselves. And what do I need? What do I want? We're in this fast paced, got this, got this, I'm going to grab. Slow down. What do you really feel like? You know, go drink a glass of water. It could be just that you're a little dehydrated. Well, that's another thing that I um, really found in my own journey is our life can go different and up and down and wonky and stuff. And it can be different than what we expected. Uh, I saw that for myself and things were getting a little better. And then I'm just like waiting. I'm like, okay, well, it's going to get, it's going to be better tomorrow, right? It's going to be better next week. And she's going to be better and he's going to be better. And it's like, you're sitting around waiting. And if you ever listen to Mel Robbins, she's like, nobody's coming. Like <laughs> nobody's coming to get you out of bed, yeah. to drag you to the dance class, to drag you out. Nobody's coming. It's up to us. And I learned that myself is that I was waiting for all those good things to come back and the joy to come back and things are going to get better. And I learned that I had to go find it myself. I had to pull myself up and like, put myself out there and take those risks. And again, maybe miss, you know, estrogen was decreasing (laughs) during that time. So I didn't want to take the risk, but I realized that I needed to go find the things and try new things and stretch myself and ask for help and ask for a friend to come over and go for a walk. I had to go find those things that would fill me with joy or fill me with a little bit of happiness and then go towards joy and stuff like that. Because life is interesting and difficult and good and bad and everything in between. But it's really up to us. Like you said, let's find the little enjoyments with like slow down when you're eating again, you know, and like paying attention. Oh, how does this feel? How does this taste? You know, you're like, well, we put in ourselves on ourselves, like really. And if we're talking about just women, pay attention to this. When we're talking about hormones, pay attention to your personal care items. There's a lot of. Um, ingredients um, and chemicals and stuff in our that we don't think about that's in our personal care items like um, and think about all the stuff that you put on your skin and your your shampoo and your hairspray and your you know your moisturizer and stuff like that there's things there that are known carcinogens they're known endocrine disruptors so pay attention to that we didn't talk about that but I have that in my notes just pay attention to that when you're talking about diet but the choices that you make as women Pay attention, more natural what we eat, but all so more natural what we use on ourselves and around ourselves. That stuff can mess up our hormones. I had no idea either, but pay attention to that. 
I yeah, and I think that it is getting a little bit easier. I know there are some like websites that um, I'm like thinking of like the Environmental Working Group. Um, there are probably others mm-hmm. that are resources to find out like what are the chemicals in in these products, and then like what are the studied effects of some of them. yeah because if it says parabens on there if it has the phthalates i mean there's those kind of things that again pay attention right. be more aware and i've been doing this i've been in the wellness space for almost 24 years the options that we have these days are so much better than they were when i started back then and um you know if you're looking for gluten-free if you're looking for you know a natural sh- you know sugar like a monk monk fruit or you know, agave nectar or something better than, you know, you know, there's, there's lots of options out there. There's even, if you're looking at diet, if you're looking at some prepared foods, cause you're busy and you want to have a couple of meals, you know, prepared, you know, like those meal services or whatever, there's healthier options for that. Those these days, again, you, I have some clients who are like, well, I do these meals and I do this. I'm like, that's fine. We get green chef a couple of times a week too, because they're, I don't have to think about it. And I, and I choose the, it's a better, you know, it's the healthier option or quick and simple or whatever it is, but it's a, okay. I don't have to think about it. And I know that it fits within what my needs and my goals are for that. So there's nothing wrong with, again, those choices of that type of cert, you know, but again, we just, it's the awareness, be, pay attention, read your labels and, um, and continue to learn. Absolutely. Well, I think that it's important again to know that as we age, you know, we're not women, we're just, we're not crazy. Things are happening. Our hormones are shifting and know that it's, it goes on for quite a while. So unfortunately it's not one of those things that, you know, overnight your hormones are going to, yeah, there's, there's no standard experience. Like there's no standard time frame, and there's no way to predict what that time frame is going to be either. Right. But if you're feeling different, again, if your 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 cycle's changing and your your weight is changing, you've got that itchiness and the dryness and you're moody and your emotional changes, like chances are some things are starting to happen in there. And know that your doctors can your doctors can help. They can be your guide. There is a place for hormone replacement therapy, but it's not just for, you know, it's not for everybody. So again, finding somebody that you can trust in that arena, perhaps it's a specialist in women's health, in menopause, I think it's really important to, to find that, to help you guide, along, guide you along that way. And like we've said so many times on this episode is that we all, we do have choices. And so pay attention to, you know, when you have those symptoms come up, pay attention to what's going on, what you're eating. Are you sleeping well? Um, Again, we could talk on and on about routines and night routines and things like that, but just pay attention and know that, yes, you're not crazy and there you are different than the, the man and you can tell the man to just be quiet or help to understand you. Because again, I listen to some of these podcasts and they're like, oh, the men don't have to. No, I think the men should listen. The men should listen to us, the men in our lives, because Absolutely. we are different than them. And they do have changes too, but they should listen and try to understand us and not just say, oh, it's that time of the month. Well, guess, honey, it is. And as a result of that, this is what's going to work for me this time of the month. And this is, you know, just again, being um, aware of that. Right. And um, that again, curiosity just pay- needs to extend to men. They also need to just be, be a little curious about the experiences yeah. of women and how it's different and how just bodies are fascinating. They just are fascinating. Right. Right. And we have where there's so much to learn and there's so much to know and in medicine advancing and functional medicine advancing nutrition is it's all advancing. And so don't say don't say to yourself, I'm getting old. This is just the way it's going to be. It doesn't have to be that way. You can live a vibrant life. And yes, it takes a little bit of learning and stuff like that. But dive into learning and pull out a journal and make some notes and, and and figure out what tweaks you can make, what you can add, subtract and everything in between so that you can feel your best because you don't, it's not a death sentence when you get into menopause. It doesn't have to be a certain way um, that you really can have those choices so that you can live a good vibrant life. But again, I think an educated consumer, educated woman is a much better 
woman because then you're educated and then more educated than the more choices that you that that you can make. Yes. Literally like a whole new world opens up to you if you mm. have a little bit more knowledge about what's going on in your own body. And know that again, as I, you know, finish up just saying that like but don't be afraid to ask for help. So find a guide. That's what I that's why I love to work with. I can help anybody, but I really love to work with women. I've gone through a lot of these things. That's why I say this is kind of this is what I love to do. Find somebody that you can that doesn't just give you a script and say, here you go away till next thing, but that can really come along and be your champion and can be your cheerleader and can be your advocate so that they can help you. Because again, there are many of us that are out there that have gone through things, we've learned things, and we want to share them with others so that we can help you live your best life too. Moira, this has been such a great conversation. I know that we could yeah, keep talking for hours and hours and hours. Um, but I want to give you the opportunity to tell us where we can where we can find you. How can women work with you if they're interested? You can find me on social media. I am quite active on Instagram, Facebook, as well as LinkedIn. It's about all I can handle these days. No TikTok. <laughs> um, but you can find me Moira Gorski on those places. And I'm also Green Gorski on Instagram. I do have a website of moiragorski.com where you can find... Um, way to contact me as well. And then I've given, um, I've put together these eight tips to aging well um, that you can click on. It's a free resource. Again, some of those things that we talked about today, um, the things that I've really found that I live by that are, again, those simple things that you can do each day so that you can age. What did we say? Um, at age well, but whatever we said, gracefully, um, we just live, right? We're just, we just gonna live. live. Yes, we just, just live. live, right? <laughs> So again, that's a way that's again, some tips that I share with you there too. You can find that. Um, and, um, I've got a journal too, that I created just a nice starter journal. We didn't talk much about journaling except to sit down and write, you know, occasionally. So there's a link there for my journal as well. But again, I do love to connect with women just to have that conversation to say, and to give them the space, like we said in the beginning to talk, I listen to them and to know that I believe that our stories have such value. You shouldn't be ashamed. You shouldn't be ashamed of sharing your story. There's so much value there. And as we share our stories, we can really feel like we're not alone and that we can help each other along on this journey of life. Thank you for sharing. Uh, all those resources will be in the show notes. Connect with Moira. She is an excellent resource. She is full of so much wisdom. Thank you so much again for being it's on great the show. to be here. Yeah. Love to share this stuff. Thank you so much for having me as a guest. You I appreciate it. so welcome. You can also follow me on Instagram at Living the Spinster Life and YouTube, The Spinster Life, for more great content. Rate and review The Spinster Life on Apple Podcasts because it helps new listeners discover the show. Thanks so much for listening. 